Welcome to the My Canine Coach Podcast, a show that coaches dog owners on how to achieve their ideal lifestyle with and for their dogs. You'll hear from canine coach Dana as she breaks down actionable dog training protocols, explores current dog training trends, and shares insights from her own experiences owning and working with dogs. Now, here's your host, canine coach Dana. Okay, we're back. And uh, Loki's up on the couch next to Rach, so if you hear panting, that's my dog. (laughs) Successfully went potty. You feel a lot better, buddy? Yes. Maybe you'll be quiet now? Maybe. Yeah? You think about it. We're not going to do anything. I shouldn't have said it in that tone, because you thought we were about to do something. Yeah. Um, Okay, so where we left before we went out and took care of that weirdo (laughs) is I was asking about management. Mm, right mm-hmm. of bring new dogs in yep. and how one can go about ensuring if they're going to welcome a new dog into their household what is it that you did and also maybe what is it that you would recommend maybe that you didn't do or that you did do and you wish you hadn't right right that a person listening if they're going to get a second dog or a third or whatever can follow and know that okay this is what i should be doing to make sure that everything's basically just hunky-dory and the dogs learn that okay this is a new person that is or new being Mm -hmm. new dog that's going to live in our house right and we accept that basically right um i think of course you know the classic uh dog trainer response it depends but it it does depend on the other dogs like i said with v it was different than with dundee like dundee's gonna accept another dog a little easier but I, i guess what i'll say is that I think there's some core things that you have that your dog has to like the existing dog has to know before you bring another dog in. Or if you're, you know, like me and you bring three at once, you need to make sure that you train these core skills okay. beforehand. So I guess what I would say is uh, crate training. Number one, like my that's a that's a deal breaker for me. And that was a big part of why it was so important for me to fix a Benny's crate issues and. Uh, separation anxiety issues because like the crate is like a vital management tool for me right um you know it gives everybody a a safe space that they can go to if they're feeling upset or they're not comfortable um and you know or you know i'm human so there's times when you know i need a break and so using the crate for that of course as well um Crate training for sure. The other thing that I find really, 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 really important um, <laughs> is all, all my dogs have to understand um, a stay and understand their names independently. Like when you have a multi-dog household, like because, you know, I a, a big skill for me that's important for my dogs is like they cannot all go out the door at the same time together mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get lazy and let them do that, but... For the most part, like I want them to exit individually. So that's a pressure cooker. Yes, okay. exactly. Like two, especially with high energy herding dogs, like them going through that door together at a high speed is just asking for one of them to redirect onto the okay. other. Yeah. Um. And that again, my dogs get along great. We don't have any fights. We don't have any problems. But like that's asking for a problem. Well, that's, and so, I, it sounds like you don't because you... Because I have these rules. Yeah, you have rules in place. <laughs> yeah. so I, we need to have right. rules in place in order to keep everybody safe. Exactly. Right? That's yep. how we function in society, basically. Too. So, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So that's really important for me is that they all understand their individual names, that they all understand a solid weight or a stay. Like, I do a weight, which my weight just means uh, stop in motion. Okay. Um, 
like they don't need to sit or anything. Right. Because honestly, Just sometimes stop forward movement. Right. Okay. And and because honestly, sometimes I find that if I ask for more than that, it actually amps up the you know anticipation okay. and the arousal and makes it worse. So. Um, they have like a stop in motion. Um, and then it's also really, uh, really important that all my dogs understand a solid leave it. Um, cause I, I use my leave it with, with the other dogs too. So like if one of the dogs is maybe being a pest to another dog, Hey, leave it. You know, um, I, I teach that skill as well to, to basically mean stop what you're doing. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so that one's really important. I'm trying to think what else, um, understanding like all my all of my dogs too like have stationing behaviors so um like if i want to train one dog and sometimes i just get lazy and i use the crates for this but i'll okay. explain um let's say i have two dogs and i want to teach one dog to be out while the other one's being trained but not pester me while they're being trained yep um while the other dog's being trained i'll teach the dog to station on like a climb which is just like a low platform uh, and that dog has to station there and just okay. hang out there while I'm training with the other dog. And when they're young, I start this out with just like, you know, they're just getting rewarded frequently for staying on that right. place. And then I, I'm like alternating between, okay, do a couple little reps here and now you get a treat and I build the duration. Okay. Yeah. So you that. call it climb. Other people call it place. <laughs> uh, oh no. Uh, climb is the brand. Of the platform. Oh, K-L-I-M-B. Okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense to me now why yeah. people call the behavior climb. Because I always right. wondered why they right. call the behavior climb. Because yeah. I've always learned that that behavior is called place. Yeah. You send your dog to the platform. They yeah. hold that place. Yeah. Until released, basically. Yeah. I think... I'm not sure where it comes from. Because also, like, in barn hunt, which is a dog sport we yep. can talk about, but... Um, um, when the dog goes on a hay bale, that that's called a climb. Oh. Too with a C. I mean, it makes sense, like yeah. to climb because you're going I up on a platform. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess that's what it, what it is. Where my brain doesn't compute it because this is just what goes on in my brain is that yeah. the climb is the act of going up, right? Right. And the behavior itself is to be stationary. Yes. Yep. So to use climb as the cue yes. does not work right. in my logical brain. Right. <laughs> and I, and so like the climb is the product. I I call the behavior. I actually call the behavior place. Oh, or, you do too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I call okay. the I call the behavior place. It's just the the product itself is got called it, the climb. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Side tangent. No. Over. No. <laughs> All good. So so I'll teach them to station. Um and. Uh, that way I can, you know, be training with one while the other is waiting. And that's just an important skill for them to understand taking turns. Yeah. Um, when you have multiple dogs, like, that, you know, hey, like, you're just going to have to wait a little bit. I can imagine that <laughs> you know? would translate well or help with the generalization of taking turns also for attention. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And also for like dog sports. So like, cause like a lot of dog sports, you're just waiting your turn and the dog has to be like, you know, side of the ring or whatever, right. watching okay. what's going on okay. and they have to be patient. So, uh, it kind of helps in that regard too. Okay. So we've got crate, mm -hmm. uh, name, crate. recognition, name, leave it, leave it. Uh, weights, weight, and then um, stationary. Yep. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Basically. And then polite greetings are another one, which I'll I'll say is not like a hundred percent. And I only say that actually for like ourselves. We don't have a ton of visitors, and um, when I do have visitors, I don't let 
generally all of the dogs come out at once unless it's somebody who's been over a few times. Okay. Um, and even then, like, it, it kind of depends on the context, like, whether I'm letting them out into the living room or letting them out outside. Generally, um, though, like, in the house, um, like, when I come home, for instance, and same when Kevin comes home, all the dogs have to wait behind a thresh, an imaginary threshold. There's no barrier there, but they have to wait beyond the counter in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And they wait their turn to come say hi to me, and they each greet me individually. And so eventually you have all six of them there, but it, it reduces that high arousal right. of all six just bar- bombarding you because that, again, that it's just like the doorway you're asking for a problem. Yeah, it's like crowd mentality, pressure yes. cooker. Yeah, exactly. And all like, those buzzwords. Yeah, and so teaching them to politely greet, like making sure that they're not jumping on me or on Kevin, um, that's like a core thing that I make sure my dogs understand that too. I have two that are not consistently amazing at it with new people but um you know i as i tend to say to clients too i'd i'd rather my dog be overly friendly than the opposite problem so (laughs) so i suppose it's not the end of the world but usually they're they're pretty good about it if if i you know i easy is another one that i easy just means slow down like slow down your energy for my dog so that's a cue to just slow your roll basically um what else? Uh, all those things are things that you would say that you are on your checklist that need mm-hmm. to be instilled in your current... Right. The current dogs that you have. Yep. If you're anticipating bringing a new dog into that. Yeah, because, like, I think of it like this. Like, you bring in... An, and you bring home a new dog, right? And, let, like, let's say your current dog isn't crate trained or isn't comfortable with confinement. And let's say, like, they don't get along right away. Or mm-hmm. the puppy's being really obnoxious or whatever. Um, and your older dog needs space, like, how are you going to do that if you don't have a way to separate? Like, yeah, you can use gates and stuff too, but, um, you know, if, if your dog, I guess I should say it's not so much the crate training, it's the learning to be separate from you that is really important because like, you're going to need to separate sometimes. Right. Right. And you're also going to have to give attention, right? more attention to the new dog that needs it. Right. And your current dog. Right. And that also comes back around to right. in making sure that you're giving uh, individual time. Yes. Yep. 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 And like when they were puppies, especially when I had, you know, so like Demos was, so when I got him in February, he was like eight weeks. So by the time of Benny came and she was 12 weeks, Demos was probably, uh, I can't do math, but he was probably like, four or five months by then okay he was born in like december so yeah i think (laughs) yeah yeah somebody will fact check us somebody's gonna gonna do the math um won't be me i'll get it in a review on the episode perfect (laughs) awesome (laughs) just kidding and and hannibal like i said was older when i got him so by then he was like he would be a year that following September. So when a Benny came in May, so like he was, you know, pushing like the six month, seven months, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. That checks. Yeah. Um, and so that helped, uh, just developmentally that they were at different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they were all puppies, those three, like I trained them all separately, like, you know, separate time, they got dedicated training time. Um, and I, Obviously, they played with each other and entertained each other, but they were also uh, getting most of their reinforcement from me. Right. So, um, and building a strong relationship with them individually and not letting it just be kind of like them, them and them. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's important. And to be honest, it's so funny because people think like, oh, like, that's so great. They entertain each other. I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> I like, they're building a bond and a connection with each other. And yeah. Not so much you. Not so much me. And, and like, and they, d- like, because I did so much building the relationship and connection with me, like, they rather interact with me and they rather do stuff with me than each other. They're all together. Like, if you've seen my videos, like, they're all you know, out together, yeah. but they're really not interacting with each other much. Right. And right. they really don't. None of them makes really do. them a lot easier. It does. Yeah. And like, it, it would be nice sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish you guys would play with each other sometimes, <laughs> but they don't really like play together a ton. Like they do here and there, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like you would think with having that many, that many dogs. dogs yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah they're okay. really more like, Hey, when are you doing stuff with us? Right. So you bring your a new puppy home in the mm-hmm. house like how do you walk that through with your existing pack okay like day one like basically. the intros yeah. and everything so usually day one when I bring the puppy home I usually have the um older dogs crated yeah first I okay. let the puppy take in the space because that's a lot to just be like hey here's this new space and here's a bunch of dogs Best of luck, um, <laughs> you know. So I usually let them explore the space first, show them the yard. Um, you know, I give them a couple hours to kind of settle into that. And then I do, I always do, and I recommend this um, in general, one dog at a time. We don't, you know, I do not introduce like all all three to the new puppy right at once. That's really overwhelming for the puppy, Um and, and it's just, again, asking for problems. So right, one dog yeah. at a time, um, introduce, get them comfortable. Once that dog, the older dog, has lost interest in the puppy, which usually happens pretty quick, um, and with my dogs anyway, once they've lost interest, really then I bring common. the next Not one even out. just in your dogs. Like, it okay. takes like, probably yeah. a total of like 10 minutes max. Yeah. And then they're like, all right. All right. The yard. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go it. sniff now. Yeah, I'm going to go do my thing. Yeah. So then I'll bring another one out um, and then intro that one and then slowly intro. But I still make sure that they're getting, um, you know, alone time away from the other dogs once they're integrated. And I'm just, you know, kind of micromanaging Hawkeye on everything the first couple days, uh, making sure, you know, like with Hannibal, like he was, you know, not aware of the fact that he was less than two pounds and like (laughs) that this greyhound could murder him if she wanted. (laughs) So I had to really be, you know, on top of it and advocating. And that's the other thing, like advocate, like dogs will work things out to a degree, Um, but that's where like knowing your dog so important because like Dundee, I said, you know, he'll never give a correction to another dog. It it takes, I shouldn't say never, but it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. And so like, you kind of have to play the dog in that role and like advocate, I should say not play the dog, but you know what I mean? You have to advocate for him. Um, and step in. Yeah. And like, and break it up because like, they're not, I think a lot of people make that mistake where they let the dogs just work it out on their own. Mm -hmm. And like, some dogs can do that and some dogs can't. And so yeah. you have to recognize when when you need to step in. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless, if you just let the dogs figure it out on their own, something will be figured out. Yeah. Right? And it, what, whether it, it's the right thing or not. Yeah. Whether it's the right thing or not is up for debate. Yeah. Right. It, you could get real yes. lucky and it just is the right yes. thing. And they learn like each other's boundaries and they're good yep. at setting boundaries and also receiving. Right. 
Um, a boundary? <laughs> yeah, a boundary or feedback yeah. about a boundary, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, if you leave it up to the dogs... It's not always It's great. not always settled in the manner in which is going to be the most conducive right. for a right. lifestyle where they will be living together perpetually right. forward. And we all know that, you know, puppies are just so impressionable, too, like at those, you know, those critical... Um, critical ages that where like a bad impression is going to be more impactful. Right. So like protecting them from something really traumatic happening because you just don't know a lot of times stuff like that doesn't pop up till six months later, True. you know? And then like six months later you're like, Oh, why is my dog suddenly got this weird hang up about, you know, because it just takes time for it to kind of crop up again. But, um, so trying to keep their experiences with other dogs, you know, I want them to understand social signals and social cues of course from other dogs but i also don't want i don't want to let it go to the extent that there's actually like an issue issue right yeah and i think like if you if you're going the breeder route (coughs) you know that you're getting your um your puppy from a Mm -hmm. a a good yeah it's a really poor adjective to use but i know a good breeder um that puppy should have... Oh, Andrew wants to be home. Yep. Yep. What you up to? Lucky. What? 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 Go Good boy. That's a good man. You're so sightly. I didn't throw it. Because I'm sneaky. Good boy. So sweet. Nice. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah, bring that arousal down, would you? So I will try. There we go. Good. Nice boy. Nice boy. Yes. Good. Yes. Good job, buddy. Nice boy. There you go. Now you guys get to hear me work. Yes. <laughs> Good. Nice boy. Sit. Good boy. Nice job. He's so good. Toss and treats. That's right. Toss and treats. Go sir. Yeah. Good boy. You're still gonna visually find them all, but yes, <laughs> that's okay. You'll that's be okay. sniffing a little bit and then okay. while you do it. <laughs> good job, bud. Good. Wrong word, but. Whatever. It's fine. Nice boy. Nice. Good animal. Nice. Good. I actually don't think Andrew's coming upstairs. I think he just had to go into the garage. Oh, gotcha. But his truck has, um... Like, loud. I'm gonna... Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna say that it's fancy exhaust. Um, Let's call it that. Yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, cool. Because I don't know. Anyway... (laughs) Um, it makes loud noise. Right. And Loki knows truck, right. truck noise, so. Right. We get that anticipatory, oh my god! I know. Dad is here! Dundee yeah. does that with, nice like, boy. I don't, and it's not about somebody being there for whatever reason, what? like, like, big trucks going by, and I'm like, <laughs> and then Hannibal's, and it just sets up a cascade. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god. And I'm like, Hannibal, you don't even know what. <laughs> you don't even know what's going on. You can't on. even see out the window. Like, <laughs> You're you so small, you have no idea. But he's barking at the window <laughs> like he knows. 
Like, you have no idea what we're talking about right now, oh buddy. Oh, my gosh. Good job, bud. I don't know what I was saying. Oh, on here? <laughs> yeah. um, we were talking we were about... We so rudely interrupted, sir. <laughs> mm, good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. No. That's okay. Dogs. I mean, we don't have to remember. It was just... I think it was about... Uh, we were talking about management. The dogs figuring it out. Yeah, we were talking about socialization. Like, um, oh, I know what I was saying. Yeah. I was saying uh, if you get it from a good reader. Yes. Right? Your puppy should have quite adequate socialization skills. Right. From being exposed to not just only its litter and the mother. Right. But there should be other dogs that it is exactly. exposed to. And it should have pretty good socialization skills. Like, I personally now prefer to get a puppy from a litter at 10 weeks old rather mm-hmm. than eight because gotcha. i would rather have a little bit longer exposure with time dogs. with the other dogs sure so that i don't have to do as much right work or put so much emphasis on finding good stable right. dogs to then do that work with, right. with my puppy right like you said it is um it's not uh dangerous but it's uh Risky. Risky. Yeah. yeah. Risky. Because you, you know, you can do your best to read the situation. Right. But, you know, shit happens when shit happens. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, like, that in and of itself would help in integrating a puppy yeah. with an existing pack. Like, making sure that that puppy does have good social skills and has been taught those. Right. The best that it can develop them at the age of 10 weeks. Right. Will go a long way. At least I find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, you know, socialization is, is such a crucial piece and I, I, uh, yeah, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, it is a whole other episode. Maybe we'll have (laughs) you come back and we'll do a whole other episode on it. Socialization. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and like all, oh, that's the other thing I should say though. It's with all my puppies too. I make sure that, you know, even though they get that experience at the breeder, that they're also getting that experience with me, like out in the world mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know, and separately from each other so that, you know, they're learning to navigate those situations independently and, um, not need, you know, their emotional support dog with them. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I mean, like basically what you said, makes sense like that's what i would imagine mm-hmm. you would do with yeah. all of the dogs that you have like one-on-one individual or adding one member at a time basically yeah. to the pack greetings for the new puppy letting the puppy right. have time to um navigate the new environment that it's going to be in and decompress at least a little bit before we do a whole greeting ritual right um yeah i mean check checks all the boxes checks the boxes it makes sense to me yeah and i mean there's probably other stuff i could add to to my routine that i don't uh that i don't know yet but well <laughs> but so far this is what's been worked well for me um i also i also really want my dogs to be okay with um eating around each other mm. so like i don't oh, want we them we didn't talk about that that's a good yeah i don't want them to actually have to eat their food necessarily out loose so i crate all my dogs to feed them because i think that's not only is it safest but like it probably doesn't feel great when you're trying to eat and you feel the pressure of like somebody's gonna try to take my food another dog's gonna try to take my food and i think that some dogs develop like increased guarding behavior because of that of that pressure right that Um, makes sense so i want them to just feel like they can just eat so I crave them all to eat, 
But what I do in my yard is I do like big kibble scatters and they all forage for kibble together and graze together. Um, I just, or treats, whatever I use. Um, I just find that that helps them be okay with like eating together. And then it's also kind of like a lower arousal activity. So they're kind of being a little calmer together. And, um, and I've never, I've never had an issue with any of my dogs, um, resource guarding per se with food. Um, I, I am very careful though, I will say. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, like my dogs all sit out and have bully sticks together because I just don't do that. I don't, I don't take that risk. Yeah. Um, okay. They do have all have access to lower value stuff. So like I have beta bones um, sure. and antlers around because sure. none of them find those super high value. They chew on them, but they don't really care. And they all have to understand too, which I mean, the most dogs understand this innately, like possessions, nine tenths of the law. So if you have that, like then you, it's not yours. Right. You know? Right. Um, so they have those things out together, but like if I'm going to give them a raw bone or a turkey neck or anything like that, they're going in their crates for those things. Um, it's just safer and like, you know, I don't need to need to uh, take the risk just to say I did it. Yeah. You know? And also it, it, you don't need to put in the work, like the effort on right. your part. Like right. why make yourself have to right. monitor your right. dogs when you don't have to? Exactly. When I had three, so when it was, when it was V, Dundee, and Blitz, I used to have, like, they would all have raw bones out together, and they just all had their separate beds they went to. Okay. And I could probably still do that with this group um, that I have now. I do worry more with having a little dog in the picture, mm-hmm. Hannibal, mm-hmm. Um, because all it takes is one thing to go sure. wrong Oh my once, gosh. Oh, and course. he's dead. So, right. Right. Um, so I'm extra cautious with him. Um, but yeah, they, they all have stuff out. They have toys out together. That's never a problem. Um, actually the only resource guarding issue I have, which I've told you about, I think before is, uh, a Benny, the, uh, the Ozawak resource guards heat sources, (laughs) which is really obnoxious, but, um, (laughs) I found the solution to that is providing more heat sources. Um, yeah there you go solve the problem and i find that that kind of also plays with toys too like if you only have like if you have six dogs and you have three toys yeah yeah, yeah, they're gonna guard them it's like the classic um oh my dog my dog is uh going into getting into the trash can like Mm -hmm. i want to train it to like not go and get into the trash and i'm like well can't we just like put the trash in a closet right and wow get a locking trash can yeah and then boom solve problem yep like let's not make things harder than they have to be right exactly exactly and it's like yeah it would be nice to just wave a magic wand and make them not do that but like that sounds like a ton of effort (laughs) that i don't want to put into it like my and v my greyhound was a garbage hound yeah okay so that's what ended up with me getting just a locking one because even putting it in the cabinets wasn't enough she would like open the cabinet (laughs) and pull it all out and i'm like oh she's so smart she was very smart and she was in cahoots with the cats and the cats would like open the cabinets and uh pull the bread out and then v would get it and it was a whole thing so wow dog trainers do- wow. dogs are not perfect or no in- intro? intro interspecies interspecies cooperation yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so i get those confused inter and intro yeah 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 but we did okay so we in, in i like hijacked your conversation no in talking when you brought the three dogs in because it was perfect time to talk about how you managed doing that no yeah but for we sure we didn't talk about your last the last final dog. final dog for now um <laughs> for now it's the final dog <laughs> um so uh 
Uh, okay, so 2021. Yeah, fast forward. So uh, all my dogs were, would have been over, I don't know how old they, the others were at this point. But anyway, so it doesn't even matter. V, it <laughs> doesn't even matter. <laughs> v and, okay. So my final dog's name is Kai. She is a breed called Tigan. Um, they're a breed from Kyrgyzstan. It's a sight hound, technically. Um, or untechnically. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, there's debate about this, so. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. Maybe not get into it. I will, I will not get into that one. <laughs> that gets a little little much. But, um, yeah, so she, it, it, it looks, if you can imagine, it kind of look, they kind of look like a Saluki. If anybody's familiar with Salukis, they look similar. Or an Afghan hound. They're very similar. Okay, that makes sense to um, me. Yep. Yeah, they're okay. from Kyrgyzstan. I mean, I've seen her, but like right. that checks in my brain. Yeah, like, yeah. Those look similar. Yeah. Um, and actually, like, Afghan hounds, if you look at, like, pictures of Afghan hounds in Afghanistan, not the ones that are in the show ring, they look really uh, similar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that coat came from showing, not from... <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> that is not it. functional. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, so, uh, Tigan, um, they're... They almost went extinct years ago. Uh, the, she came from the, what was it? It was the second, third, third litter of Tigan born in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. And her breeder also breeds Ozawak. Um, she is down, down south. Um, I had learned about Tigan around the same time I learned about Ozawak. Um, I had done some research on them, but a little less than the Oswalk because I just, it, in my mind, I didn't think it was ever possible to get a Tiger. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll never get one of those dogs. They're too rare. There's like, like I, at that point, I only knew of four of them that, no, three, three of them maybe that lived in the United States. Oh, wow. oh okay. Yeah. And, um, so I didn't think that there, there would be any. Then I found out that um, my this Ozawak breeder had two Tigan. I was like, okay, okay. Uh, if you ever breed those dogs, let me know. Yeah, I'd be really interested in getting one. Um, and then I started doing more research because she was like, oh, I she. It was funny because she was like, I didn't think there would be enough interest in the U.S. to produce a litter. Um, and of course, being responsible, she didn't want to produce a litter without right. having enough interest. Right. So then she started getting more interest uh, once people realized she had them and decided to breed a litter. So then I started doing a lot more research. Um, and I got her, I, I was, I wanted to get her, I wanted to get a puppy from that litter. Um, but then I started thinking like seven dogs, that's a lot of dogs. I don't know if we should do that. This was, um, when we lived in our old house too, which was smaller than where I am now, less room. Um, and I was starting to feel like it wasn't a responsible decision at the time. Sure. But then, um, V got sick. So V got, um, V started limping one day and I was like, my greyhound. Um, and so I took her to the vet and they did an x-ray and found that she had cancer and had osteosarcoma. Okay. And V already had a bum leg. So oh, right. yep. where the cancer was, was in the leg on the same side, but not the bum leg. So with osteosarcoma, you can try amputating above the tumor, mm. but we couldn't do that because it right. would have left her with only the two working legs on one side of her body. So you couldn't even like do like a wheelchair, no, like, you, you know, and also it's like, from my understanding anyway, with osteosarcoma, 
it's like, uh, I can't remember the percentage, but it's unlikely that even with the amputation that they're going to live that much longer with it. Okay. Anyway. Okay. The other thing with osteosarcoma is it makes it really likely that she would break that leg accidentally. Um, like it makes it weaker and that she's likely to break it. That's what the vet okay. had so explained to me. So it makes the bone more brittle. Yes. And, um, and he had explained to me if she breaks it, it's going to be like excruciatingly painful. And also this is just going to get worse and not, you know, like it's the kind of cancer that like, you know, it, it goes, it happens fast basically. Right. Like zero to a hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I waited if, after she started showing symptoms, um, she was really kind of starting to struggle. It was a really hard decision because she was still eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and like enjoying pets, but like I could tell it was like causing her pain, and also that like it w- it was only going to get worse. And if she broke it, I would have felt oh yeah. you know horrible. Um. So anyway, we ended up deciding to uh, have her put to sleep, and um. After that, I ended up probably uh. I don't remember how long it was after, but a few weeks after, um, I was like, you know what. Uh, I I kind of need to fill this void yeah, right now. Yeah, and I know everybody's different, right? Like some people need a lot of time after losing a dog. Um, for me, I kind of almost needed the distraction. That's me. Um, yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to funnel all of this into mm-hmm. something else. All yeah, of the, I lost all these emotions. Coda and like within four days, I was or three right. days, I was looking up breeds to figure out what I wanted my next dog to be. Because right. I had no I had no right. anticipation of losing Coda. So exactly. I, I didn't do any of that research ahead of time. Ahead of time. So right. I was like, oh I really gotta get going right. on this if I want this void right. filled very quickly. <laughs> right. Because right. I didn't uh, prepare yeah. to have to make this decision right now. Yeah. And you you know, it almost like gives you some purpose when you're feeling a little directionless yep. after That's exactly stuff like what I that. Wanted. Yeah. Yep. So it, it, it helped me. And, and so I went and I flew down to Georgia um, and picked up Kai and um, brought her back. And she, she's just been like the best. She's been the perfect, a perfect addition to the pack. So how is she now? She is, she turned two in June. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, whenever you mention Kai, I just think back to, um, your video that you had posted of her learning to play fetch. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so great. Cause like, you know, I mean, whippets will, but like sight hounds are less, you know, uh, less into it, less willing, to less play. willing to play it. And yeah. especially repetitively, but she loves it. She'll even fetch sticks. Um, yeah. And I think with her though, I, I did the right thing by like, I, I mean, I do this with all my dogs, but I didn't do it as much with the Benny. Like I built it up early on with her. To be fair, though, so Taigan historically were used. Also, they were like a, a dog of nomadic people of Kyrgyzstan, but they hunted in conjunction with uh, birds of prey. Okay. And so there was like a retrieving aspect okay. to, to the hunting. So like, I'm sure that that helps. Yeah. Um, with, with the fetch. whatever she has. Yeah, there's basically. something in there. There's something. Yeah. Uh, Not as robust as obviously. Right. <laughs> right. Your coolies and your Aussie. Right. But. And she just, I, that dog like makes me laugh every day. I, I That's like, I mean, all of my dogs, I guess do, but just that dog is like, <laughs> I don't know. She's just something different. <laughs> she's like something <laughs> she's just... from another planet. And like, 
I always joke because when she was born, she was actually born, uh, she wasn't breathing when she was born and she had to be resuscitated. Oh, wow. And so we always joke that, oh, there's that lack of oxygen to the brain (laughs) showing again. (laughs) But she's a a good girl. She doesn't even have the one brain cell? No, not even. It's just, you know, just particles floating, floating, trying to find connections. (laughs) So, but she's a good dog. You know, the only... Probably the, the most annoying behavior that she has is counter surfing, and she's not even that bad with that. So, I mean, yeah, well, you can't really blame them. No, it's my fault like, <laughs> entirely. I'm like, where did that butter come from? <laughs> Who left that out there? Loki, oh, right, it was Loki me. Ate a whole stick of butter once. <laughs> yeah. Yep, <laughs> just the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and like. Uh, you know, counter surfing is one of those things that it's like it's like uh like hitting the slot machine, right? If if they if they get one, oh yeah. If it's successful once, it's a really hard. It's successful forever. Yeah, basically. Yes, yeah. In their mind, in their mind, yep. it's like a forever thing. So yep. yeah, and she's tall enough that she can just stick her head over the counter. Yeah, so. yeah. Because how tall? Like, um, uh... she's probably like. See, a Benny's like twenty two inches at the shoulder. I want to say. So Kai's probably like twenty six. Yeah, I would so say. her head comes up to the counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's hard. Yeah, but like sometimes, you know, because the temptation's right there, man. It's right. Like, don't there. blame her. It's right there, and so I, I just try to remember to put gates up. Mm. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. Simple. Make life simple, like that's putting right. the trash can in the closet right. or getting the locking. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And like she'll leave it if you ask, but like you're not gonna see them do it all the no, time if you no. don't. You know. No. So whatever. No. Anyway, enough about that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she's a great dog. So, love it. I'm glad I got her. Yeah. Do you think we covered our integration? Our integration thing. I think so. You know, I think like my biggest thing that I would tell like listeners out there is, <laughs> uh, is just like you know. You can't go too slow, you know. I I work on that's a good, um, that's actually a really good advice. Yeah, I work on the uh, adoptions team at our local shelter, and so you know integration is a frequent conversation. You right. know, most people who are looking to adopt a dog do have another dog already, so um, a big part of our conversations with those adopters is you know you take it slow, and when you think you're, uh, our director always says she says you know. Um, if you think you're going slow, go slower. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, that's a good way to put it. And especially with, you know, some dogs really need a lot, especially like when they're coming out of a shelter that they've been in for. Oh, Andrew's back. Oh, he's back. Oh, and Loki knows it. <laughs> Loki, do you want to do sniffing now? What do you think? He's like, meh. Meh. We'll see. You can keep talking, yeah. but we'll see. He's definitely going to bark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a good example. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day now that we're tangenting and I'm just interrupting yeah. what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's cool <laughs> that, uh, I wish like more trainers, uh, I have a, per- I guess I have a personal vendetta about this, but I wish yeah. more trainers would just make their dog like barking at things more of a, just like a normal thing right. that happens and it's right. not really that big of a deal. No, it's totally not. I mean, my like, Loki's going to explode yep. when Andrew comes upstairs and that's just, he's excited to see him and, and I, also he's just expressing himself. Right. I think it's really unreasonable <laughs> to, uh, um, put like to be upset that a dog is excited to see a new person, like to see their person, yeah, not even new not person. even a new person, like, their person, their person, yeah, and nice like barking, boy. yeah, barking is like 
that's how dogs dogs talk. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before because I've, you know, the two guardian dogs, of course, alert bark out the windows at new things sometimes. And doesn't. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Um, they make noise. They make noise. They're dogs. They're dogs. They just what noise. happens. And Does some, my dog bark when people come here? Yes, yes he, he does. does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, it, it goes back to uh, what I said earlier with, like, you know, I'd rather have that problem than a lot of other problems. Oh, true. Very, you know? very true. And I wouldn't even call it a problem because it's just dogs being dogs, dogs doing being dog dogs. stuff. And yeah, like, that's basically. cool. You know, I, I really wish more people could live with their dogs like that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, well, this is this is a whole new conversation we're having. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that there's, there's a expectation that's perpetuated, mm-hmm. thank you yep. to social media, Yeah. that is one of the causes why people don't live their lives like that. Right. Because um, susceptible to what... They see. They see, and what they what they're told is how right. living with a dog should be. If you right. have a quote unquote mannered dog, yeah, or a quote quote right. good dog, right, right, they can hold a place while somebody comes in the door, right. and like they don't right. bombard them for attention right. and bark. Um, for this particular example we're right. talking about, but I think that's one of the right. That's where that can stem from. I yeah, think. definitely, and I think it's like one of those things where. Um, I guess, I don't know how far you want to go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> I, I guess like, you know, like your example with teaching a place with, with, with that, which is something I used to do a lot, um, with clients. And nowadays I'm more like, let's just teach them how to like politely greet and yeah. like, and like, because like you, when you're working against what the dog wants, it's going to be 10 times harder. So why don't we just show them what we do? You know, like what would be an appropriate way to do the exact same thing, you know? Right. Make it easier on yourself. Don't fight against your dog if you can help right. it, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I shouldn't yeah. have brought it up because it is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been recording for yeah. like two hours. Uh, yeah, we should probably shut up. <laughs> we should probably shut up now. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right, well, anyway, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll have you come back so then we can yeah. have those conversations. Some more conversations. And we can go into that rabbit hole. Yeah, that'd be cool. If you liked I like rabbit hanging holes. Hanging out. I do like hanging out. <laughs> um, all right. So that's it for this episode of the My Canine Coach Podcast. As always, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at My Canine Coach. Nope, that's not correct. Don't, don't reach out <laughs> don't there. Don't reach out there. Everything's linked in the show notes. My brain's yeah. a little fried. Where yeah. can they reach out to you, oh, Rach? Oh, yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the scholarly or at scholarly dog, just scholarly dog. Or you can reach out by email, rachel at scholarlydog.com. Or you can also just find me on Facebook, Rachel Weaver, and add me because I don't really care. So <laughs> All good things. <laughs> All, that's, it's fine to add me there You exist well. everywhere. So yeah. basically you can get in touch with you yeah. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And what's your, um, what type of clients do you like to work with? My favorite thing to work with is puppies. Um, but I like to work with... Um, I, I want to work with people who want to just have better relationships with their dogs. That's 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 my ideal client. Somebody who really wants to like learn about their dog and how to how to have a better relationship with them. Love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I agree. It's my favorite. So, all right, all right. We'll end yeah. it there before cool. Andrew comes upstairs and sets my dog off. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.